Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst Glenn Kirshner. In a new post online, Donald Trump is again saying he can't be prosecuted for his crimes while in office. Glenn looks at how that would play out if that was true. So friends, Donald Trump continues to make completely baseless and bogus assertions about why no one should be able to prosecute him for his democracy-busting crimes on and around January 6th. Let's take a look at Donald Trump's most recent post on this topic, and then let's tease out the implications of what Donald Trump is arguing in favor of. You know, what would happen if the courts accepted Donald Trump's absurd assertion that no president could be charged with a crime, no president could be prosecuted for trying to steal or trying to unlawfully retain the power of the presidency. Let's start with Donald Trump's recent post. I will be attending the, the federal appeals court arguments on presidential immunity in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday. Of course I was entitled as President of the United States and Commander-in-Chief to immunity. I wasn't campaigning. The election was long over. I was looking for voter fraud and finding it, which is my obligation to do, and otherwise running, running, Donald Trump wrote this one, and otherwise running, running our country. If I don't get immunity, then crooked Joe Biden doesn't get immunity. So friends, what is Donald Trump saying there? And what are the the natural implications, the consequences? If we were to accept Donald Trump's assertion and extend it moving forward, because Donald Trump is saying, I was looking for fraud. So I get to commit any and all crimes I want because I just told you I was looking for election fraud. I can commit crimes to retain the power of the presidency because I was looking for election fraud, and I can do it with complete immunity against prosecution. Okay, let's look at that through a fact-based lens for just a minute. All of Donald Trump's executive branch officials said there was no fraud undermining the results of the 2020 presidential election. His own attorney general, who he picked, Bill Barr, said no fraud undermining the election's results. And just for fun, let's recall Donald Trump's own daughter, Ivanka Trump, 
agreed with Bill Barr, sided with Bill Barr, did not believe her father's claim that there was fraud undermining the election's results. Chris Krebs, the director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, went on record definitively saying, the 2020 presidential election was the safest, most secure election in our nation's history. Other DOJ officials told Donald Trump, there's no fraud undermining the election's results. And what did Donald Trump tell them? <laughs> I don't care. Just say there was and leave the rest to me and my Republican allies in Congress. All of the courts, more than 60 courts that handled claims that were filed, lawsuits that were filed by Donald Trump's you know, nefarious lawyers trying to undermine the election's results based on bogus claims of fraud, all 60 plus courts in substance said no fraud, undermining the election's results. And friends, the United States Supreme Court did not accept a single one of those cases for review, thereby in substance affirming that there was no fraud undermining the election's results. But against that factual backdrop, all of that, Donald Trump says, <laughs> I say there was fraud. Therefore, I get to commit any and all crimes to try to steal the election and to try to unlawfully retain the power of the presidency. And there's nothing you can do about it. You can't prosecute me for those crimes because I said there was fraud. Okay, friends, let's put that to the test. What would happen on the next inauguration day? January 2025, after the 2024 presidential election. Well, all Joe Biden would have to do is say, up, oh, fraud, I'm looking for fraud. Therefore, I can commit any and all crimes to retain the power of the presidency and following Donald Trump's blueprint, I can't be held accountable. I can't be prosecuted. There's nothing Donald Trump or anybody else can do about it. So I'm not going anywhere. That is the natural extension of what Donald Trump is arguing. Nobody will ever accuse Donald Trump of being a strategic thinker. But there is one thing that I agree with Donald Trump about that he put in this most recent post. If I don't get immunity, then Joe Biden doesn't get immunity. Exactly right, Donald. Exactly right. You don't get immunity for crimes you commit while in office. Joe Biden doesn't and shouldn't get immunity in the event he commits crimes in office. He hasn't. There's no evidence of it. And I think fact-based people probably suspect he won't commit crimes while in office. But you're exactly right about that, Donald. You don't get immunity. Joe Biden wouldn't get immunity if he committed crimes. 
and every other American president moving forward if they choose criminality over lawfulness while in the Oval Office, they don't get immunity either. Because justice matters. On the way after the break, Donald Trump is still giving aid and comfort to the January 6th insurrectionists. Glenn explains how that will backfire on him next on Justice Matters. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Donald Trump and Elise Stefanik are still calling the convicted rioters from January 6th hostages, even though most of them pled guilty. Glenn says no worries because Jack Smith is keeping score and racking up his statements as evidence. So friends, on January 6th, Donald Trump's supporters, his angry mob, went to the Capitol on his orders and attacked. They assaulted police officers, They destroyed property. They hunted for politicians left and right. Nancy Pelosi, Mike Pence, and more than a thousand of them have been arrested. They've been charged. They've been indicted. And hundreds and hundreds of them have pleaded guilty. What does that mean? It means After they had the benefit of competent counsel, an attorney representing their interests, they went through the evidence that was amassed against them, they decided to plead guilty, they walked into court in a plea hearing, they were placed under oath by the judge, they swore an oath to tell the truth, and they admitted that they committed crimes in violation of the laws of the United States on January 6th. They pleaded guilty for what they did. Many of them went to trial and a jury of their peers convicted them one after another after another. Many of them were sentenced to prison. A good number of them are in prison serving sentences as we speak. These men and women who tried to stop the transfer of presidential power who tried to deny Joe Biden his rightful election win, who tried to end American democracy. And Donald Trump calls these men and women, many of whom admitted to their own crimes in court, he calls them hostages. Hostages. And it's not just Donald Trump It's this character as well, Elise Stefanik, probably, you know, throwing her chit in with Donald Trump, hoping to be his vice president. Hostages. This from Voice of America. Trump downplays January 6th Capitol siege, calls jailed rioters 
hostages. This from NBC News. The reality of Trump and Stefanik's January 6 hostages. And that article begins, in recent days, former President Donald Trump and one of his top allies, Representative Elise Stefanik, have referred to the federal criminal defendants incarcerated in connection with the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol as hostages. A comparison equating the American judicial system with terrorists and militant organizations. This quote from Trump, they ought to release the J6 hostages. They've suffered, Trump said over the weekend. I call them hostages. Some people call them prisoners. I call them hostages. Release the J6 hostages, Joe. Release them, Joe. You can do it real easy, Joe. Stefanik, who has served as the number four member of the House GOP leadership since then-Representative Liz Cheney was ousted from the position for criticizing Trump's actions in connection with the January 6th attack, echoed Trump's words on Meet the Press Sunday. I have concerns about the treatment of the January 6th hostages, she said. Since the attack, more than 700 supporters of the former president have appeared before a judge, sworn an oath, and admitted that they engaged in criminal conduct on January 6th. Many committed only small criminal offenses and were sentenced to probationary sentences without any time behind bars or to short terms of incarceration. Others, like MAGA-hatted rioter Daniel D.J. Rodriguez, who drove a stun gun into the neck of former Metropolitan Police Officer Michael Fanone after he was abducted by the mob near the Lower West Tunnel, have been sentenced to significant periods in prison. And friends, I would contend that the White House got it exactly right when they said, Trump calling those convicted on January 6 charges hostages is grotesque. But you know, friends, in addition to being grotesque, it also constitutes giving aid and comfort to insurrectionists. Donald Trump has been pledging love and pardons for those who attacked the Capitol that day, for those who assaulted police officers, destroyed property, hunted for politicians, and tried to stop the transfer of presidential power. Donald Trump and his new little minion Stefanik have been pledging support for the insurrectionists. Donald Trump has been pledging love and pardons to the insurrectionists. If that's not giving aid and comfort to the insurrectionists, I'm not sure what is. You know, there are multiple ways you can commit the crime of insurrection. You can incite it, you can engage in it, or you can give aid and comfort to it, to the insurrection, to the insurrectionists. And that's what Donald Trump does every time. He pledges love and support and pardons. And he urges the President of the United States, 
in almost mocking terms. Release the hostages, Joe. You can do it, Joe. It's easy, Joe. Boy, is he aiding those insurrectionists. Boy, is he giving them comfort. But as I say, friends, Jack Smith is keeping book. He's keeping book on Donald Trump. Every utterance by Donald Trump is an admission, is a confession, and is admissible under the rules of evidence and will be used to convict Donald Trump at trial. Friends, I don't want to say things are closing in because it feels like the walls have been closing in on Donald Trump for years, if not decades. But things are happening on multiple fronts. Donald Trump will go to trial. Donald Trump will be criminally convicted and Donald Trump will be sentenced to prison. That's one front. In state after state, the disqualification battle is being fought. Donald Trump may very well end up being disqualified for engaging in insurrection and giving aid and comfort to the insurrectionists in any number of states. That's the second front. The third front, it looks like his poll numbers are beginning to slip. It looks like another Republican candidate is gaining steam and gaining numbers. I'm not a big fan of that person, but that's the third front, the political front, the disqualification front, the criminal front. Donald Trump's days are numbered, and as I sat behind him in that courtroom in Washington, D.C. yesterday during the appellate argument on whether Donald Trump is a king and above the law, beyond the reach of our nation's criminal laws, he's not and the court is poised to rule he's not. I saw a man defeated. I saw a man scared. I saw a hollow little shell of a man who was inside himself, not making eye contact with anybody, not talking with anybody, certainly not campaigning, not shaking hands, not engaging with potential voters. I saw a man who was scared, who was defeated, and who is resigned, resigned to his fate. You know, he can spout off all the bluff and bluster he wants. Even he knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. Because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again soon. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.